they're talking about us. No way. Welcome to another episode of Customers Also Watched. I'm your host, Erica, and if you're new to this podcast, each episode, my guests and I discuss a movie currently available for free on Amazon Prime, picked by me from the Customers Also Watch list of the previous episode's film. After we discuss the movie, we rate it on a five-point scale, love it, recommend it, leave it, remake it, or kill it with fire. Then I'll pick the next movie to be covered at the end of the show from the Customers Also Watch list of today's film. And just a warning, we are going to spoil the movie, so if you're concerned about that, you can go watch this movie on Amazon Prime and then come right back here. Uh, so two things before I introduce my guest. First of all, I am just getting over the flu, so I am sorry for how I sound, and I am going to try to avoid coughing and sneezing during this, so um, there's that. And then also, I would like to give a shout out to Nathan from the podcast, I Hope You Suffer, for his review of Customers Also Watched on iTunes. Uh, Nathan and his co-host Kit are a horror movie podcast, mostly covering some of the worst shit you can possibly find out there, and they do it on purpose. So um, some examples that they've covered are Tsunami and Mansquito um, and plenty of other bad ones out there. Um, you can find them on any podcatcher and follow them on Twitter or Instagram at I Hope You Suffer or on Letterboxd under IHYS. Okay, so uh, my guest for this week is Christian from the Nerds with Friends podcast. Hello. Hello. Now, I, I, I have a question. Yes. Was it man speedo? Oh, that you said? <laughs> man speedo, like a mosquito. Oh, I'm not interested anymore. I thought it was man speedo. <laughs> I mean, I'm interested. I would have been interested in both, but how about a, a mosquito and a speedo? Yeah, like just getting it on him. Would be interesting <laughs> enough just watching that. <laughs> um, so, Christian, you guys have been at it for a while. I saw you guys just published your 160th episode. Ooh, is it? Um, yeah, I guess so. I, I, we've been at it for six years. Wow. And I want to say after probably the first year, I kind of stopped. Okay. <laughs> keeping track, but uh, yeah, hey, that's exciting to hear. 166. Yeah. Um, so can you tell everyone a little bit more about Nerds with Friends? So we focus on stuff that's going on pop culture. Um, I mean, anyone who listens, we mostly focus on movies, video games, books. Uh, we get guests to talk about anything. We've had authors. We've had uh, professional dungeon masters. Um, anyone who's willing to talk to us, hey, we're happy to have them on. Um, but in terms of reviews, it's usually... Uh, like Marvel movies, uh, anything that's come out recently that piques our interest that we think our listeners would like to hear about. Um, yeah. And then we go off the rails all the time. We never stay on topic, but <laughs> I, that's what keeps it fun for us, you know? Awesome. Question. Sure. Professional dungeon master. Yeah. That's a thing. That is a very much thing. I'm trying to get at that level. So is it just more like for like posterity or do you actually get like do people actually pay you to come be their dungeon master oh yeah for sure there are um a few that will do either one shots or continuations um the guests we've had the team phoenix she's awesome she actually worked for um wizards of the coast and she was their uh community manager and she does a lot of uh dm gm uh tips and she's awesome She's super, super great. She's an awesome human being. Met her in person. Had the pleasure. Um, if you want tips, anyone, if any D&D players are out there, just you know, uh, type her on YouTube. You'll find a bunch of her uh, Dungeon Master tips. I don't know if she does one-shots. I think she's too busy with other things. But there are other people who will uh, Dungeon Master a game for, for money. All right. I understood about half of those references. I feel, <laughs> I feel like Rebecca on our mini episodes where she's like, I don't know what that means. And I'm like, that's me right now. I'm like, I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> if you, if you're so, okay. So tiny story. I 
did not ever have any desire into playing Dungeons and Dragons. And I had one buddy who was missing a player and he was like, hey, just come on, you know, play one game and see, you'll probably like it. And I was like, I don't know, man. I'm a nerd, but I'm not sure if I'm at that level of nerd. Like, I'm not too sure, man. Like, D&D, like, like, that's another level. And I went, and it was so much fun. I went in thinking I was going to hate it, thinking I'll have a great funny story for the podcast to make fun of. And I loved it. And totally into it. As of lately, though, I can't find a game to get into. Everyone's either, people's schedules don't match up, we're all too busy, but... I recommend it. I highly recommend it. Anyone who's a naysayer, just just give it a try. If you're a little scared of trying it out, there's a great show on YouTube and a Geek and Sundry. It's called Critical Role. It's a bunch of nerdy actors, uh, nerdy voice actors, and they they're playing a game. But because they can do voices, it's it's awesome. And a couple of them are extremely funny. And that's that's a great introduction into it. I don't know anyone that. I've recommended that show to that watch it that didn't like it. Hmm. It's it's an awesome show. All right. Well, that sounds cool. So getting into today's movie, last episode, I reviewed Jungle Ground. And from the customers also watch list of that film, I picked today's movie, which is 1988's Top Line, also known as Alien Terminator, not to be confused with the Roger Corman 1995 alien ripoff called Alien Terminator. Got to keep these straight with the Italian knockoff films. There is no trailer for it, unfortunately. So we're just going to jump straight into the drinking game options. Uh, Christian, did you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, anytime any of the actors drink, there was just so (laughs) much alcohol in that movie. If it wasn't the main character, it was whoever he was talking to or people in the background. But I don't think that's a game anyone can actually do because you're going to be hammered within probably the first 10 minutes of of the movie. Yeah, and I mean, you really got to stay awake to get to the last 20 minutes because that's when the movie starts. Oh, so. yeah, it's de- definitely <laughs> a slow burn on this movie. It's like it's like a slow chase for most of the movie. And then the last 20 minutes is just like, here's what you've been waiting for. <laughs> it was interesting, too, because I would look at markers. I'm like, there's I'm not sure where this movie's going. Like 20 minutes. Yep. Not too sure where this is going. Like 40 minutes. Okay, I think I know where this movie's going, but I feel like it was filmed like or it was written while being filmed. (laughs) Like, I felt like they had to touch every genre of what was popular in the 80s to try to catch any kind of audience. Yeah. Not knowing themselves where it was going. Yeah. (laughs) So my drinking game idea was to take a drink whenever Ted is laying down, whether he's sleeping or awake, because he does that a lot in this movie. Um, Not as much as people are drinking. So we'll say like high level drinking game, use Christian's low level. You can use mine. Yeah, he did a whole lot of uh, Jurassic Park too. Uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, Jeff Goldblum posture. Yeah, he was oh, doing, yeah. doing a lot of that. Oh yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's Franco Nero. He's he's got to do the little like sexy like, hey, check out my hairy chest and. Yes, definitely lots of uh, hairy chest. Yes. Surprisingly, mostly from the women, which was weird. That's <laughs> yeah, there's a few hairy armpits in this one. <laughs> Um, So looking at some of these specifics, this was uh, directed and co-written by Nello Rosati, who also did Django Strikes Again and The Cat in Heat, uh, the latter of which is described as an erotic giallo. I might have to check that out. Uh, And it is starring Franco Nero, like I already mentioned, uh, who has been in movies such as uh, Django, uh, Electric Boogaloo, and he even made a small cameo in uh, Django Unchained. He's in that part where Jamie Foxx is like saying his name and then he's like the D is silent. He's Franco Nero's the guy standing next to him. So oh, I'm, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it just for that. A <laughs> um, couple other people in there with a few acting credits like William Berger. And then the other person of note in the film is George Kennedy. And um, most people, I think, I mean, a lot of people who are fans of like 80s movies and stuff like this will We'll know him, but um, I think most people know him from the Naked Gun movies. So, oh yeah, he was his uh, his commanding officer, right? Uh, no, he was the German, the 
Oh, got it. Regular guy, yeah. I meant in Naked Gun. Oh, in Naked Gun, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so the plot. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Okay, so this is the whole reason why I picked this film was because of the description of it. So on Prime, it's the description of it, what, or the quick synopsis of it was, author Ted Angelo discovers a UFO in the Colombian jungle. When he tries to spread the word, he earns more than the usual disbelief. Suddenly, he's hunted by almost every organization like the CIA, the KGB, the mob, Nazis, and even extraterrestrials. Did you happen to catch the Nazis? Because I read that description too, and I was like, okay, I see the CIA. I Okay, the Russians. Like, Where were the Nazis? Like, Which one were the Nazis? I don't know. I, I think maybe <laughs> they were... It was kind were, of implied, I guess. I, I guess. I think maybe because George Kennedy was German, they were like, oh, Nazi. Like, like fuck it, Nazi. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know I, I tried to whenever he was being chased by someone or shot at or, or whatever by anyone, I was like, OK, I'm going down my list of everything in the description of all these different agencies. I'm like, OK, those are the mob people now. OK, that's KGB, I think. And I think that's CIA. And it it's it's not <laughs> easy to keep anything straight in this movie, let alone who's trying to kill him at what point ever. (laughs) All right. So before we get into the movie, we're going to take a quick break for a promo and we will be right back. Hi guys, I'm Dean. And I'm Daniel. And we're from the IMDb Journey podcast. Where we break down every movie from the top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. But when we're not doing that, we also battle other podcasts in various movie-related games of trivia and drafts. We also give quick reviews about every other film we've watched as well. Yeah, here we're quite good too. Yeah, if you guys don't believe us, why don't you listen to these genuine testimonies? Oh, hey guys, you guys are really good. I love your chemistry. Oh, hey, Brew. It's uh this is a this is a good podcast, yo. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, love the banter, guys. Keep it up. I'm DB Jenny is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic testimonies. Oh, thanks, guys. Absolutely genuine and real. <laughs> And if you want to give a genuine testimony as well, go ahead and search for IMDb Journey. You can find us on all your favorite podcast sites, including iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. So come along and join our journey. Uh, so the movie opens in a Colombian beach town, and we're introduced to uh, Franco Nero's character, Ted Angelo, who is a drunk writer and has just been fired by his publisher slash ex-wife, Maureen. And he's approached by a woman who I assume is a prostitute. I felt like it was, I, at first I thought it was his assistant, because it seems like she was getting him what he needed, like food and mostly drinks. Um, but yes, they do obviously have sex. And that was one thing, as I mentioned in the movie, like throughout the whole thing, it definitely... It felt like I was watching a 70s porno with no payout. Like there was never like the sex ever happened at all. Well, I'm sorry I didn't provide you with porn, Christian. That's, you know, next one. (laughs) Sorry. Tell tell me it didn't have a 70s porno feeling (coughs) to it, even though it was shot in late 80s. I mean, I guess there's a little bit of that vibe, but I mean... (laughs) I don't know. You probably watch a lot more porn than I do, Christian. You a lot me. more seventies porn specifically. Let's okay. get it straight. <laughs> I like the classics. So I don't know. I guess I thought she was, but then she, I guess she's got a boyfriend too. So maybe she's just willy nilly. We'll we'll see. So she brings him this gold dagger and says that her boyfriend has a trove of all these other treasures. And so and let let us not forget he got it while fishing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He was but, fishing. <coughs> that's what. God damn it. And that I mean, that's what she says. But and that's we, also what the boyfriend said. He said, because I'd later on down. Well, I'll let you continue. But there's a reason why I mentioned that. No, yeah, no, no. Um, I thought eventually he said, well, no, I actually got it somewhere else. And he takes him up the mountain, right? 
he's taking him up this mountain. He's like, how did you get this fishing? There's no rivers or lakes around. He's like, I never said I was fishing for fish. Ha ha. Oh, that's right. Okay. I felt like there was a lot of cocaine being used while making this movie. And they were just throwing out ideas like, oh, he got it while he's fishing. And then someone just forgot that he was fishing. Like, oh, never mind. We'll just throw in a line that he was fishing for something else. Like, (laughs) I definitely feel like it was just fueled with a lot of cocaine while they were making it. Sounds about right. It is the 80s, so. And Columbia. And Columbia. Yeah, of course. (laughs) So Ted has a friend named Quintero. And this guy sets up a meeting with the German who I guess we're assuming is a Nazi because German. So this is Heinrich Holzman. This is a guy that's played by George Kennedy. So he sets up this meeting for Ted to potentially sell this dagger. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you know George Kennedy's voice well enough, but his voice is very badly dubbed in this movie. I mean, everyone's voice is dubbed. Not everyone except Franco Nero. But I mean, George Kennedy didn't need to be dubbed, but he is. And (laughs) it sounds so terrible. They probably needed to they needed it to be equally shitty to everyone else's or else it was throw the film off. You know, that's true. You can't have one high quality voice and in the mix of all that. So Heinrich refuses to make a deal uh, for I, I don't even know what reasons. And I'm going to say I don't know a lot because a lot of times what's happening is being explained by franco nero and his accent is so thick and he talks so fast that it's very difficult to understand what he's saying and what's happening so um he also figures things out without explaining how he knew things yeah it's just like oh this is what it is i'm not going to explain how i knew that but that's what it is (laughs) yep yeah he just he just decides like this is what's happening these are the people that are after me i'm like how do you know that what is happening (laughs) It's like, that's a bit of a stretch with the information you have, but okay. Yeah. Um, so in the very next scene after that, we find out that Quintero, the guy who set up the meeting, has been killed seemingly because they, and I don't know who they is yet. They, I guess they is everyone. KGB, Nazis, Russians, everybody. So they thought that he had the collection of gold or something. I think. Sounds about right. Okay. If I'm wrong about anything, please point out because honestly, I watched it twice and I was like, I, I think I got about half of it. Right. I think maybe. you could be in a drunken stupor and whatever you said would still be connected to the, to the oh. movie. Well, I've, I've done a episode drunk before. I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> so Ted ends up teaming up with this librarian named June to help solve the murder. And In the midst of their investigation, someone named Nicosa or Nicosia or something like that, some historical figure from like hundreds of years ago who apparently had this ship and a diary and this treasure of gold was apparently his, I think. And I, yeah. Okay, here's the thing about the plot is I I don't even know. that any of this really matters because it's just the last 20 minutes that you really want to watch anyway. Well, I don't think you mentioned um, when the boyfriend took him to the mountains into the cave. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta get up there. So, um, okay. So somebody else dies too, like an antique dealer. So there's, there's two dead bodies so far. Again, there's who was ever doing it is who's ever after Ted or looking for this gold or something like that. And so Ted meets up with Paco, the the boyfriend guy, and then they go, this is where they go up to the mountains to go for, for Paco to show Ted where he found the gold. And it's, they felt a draft coming (laughs) from the wall. Right. So they, they break through the wall very easily with their fists. You know, it's just rock, whatever. Of course. And they go in and they see a boat, mind you, in a mountain, mind you, in a cave, (laughs) not knowing how this boat managed to get inside the cave without busting any of the the mountain. Don't know, but it's there. And it looks a lot like the Goonies boat. Oh, I totally saw the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, is that the Goonies boat? Is that where this is where this is where we're heading with now? And they go inside and it's a 
It's a turducken-like treasure. It's a spaceship or a boat in a spaceship in a mountain. And <laughs> for whatever <laughs> for whatever reason, they don't do anything other than get on the boat. The UFO just activates. And obviously, like every movie cliche, the, there's a cave-in and they escape. Yeah. And they get out. Yeah, he just climbs up onto some ladder. And before he did that, though, he somehow determined that that's Nic Nicosa or Nicosia or whatever. That was his ship. And I don't know how yeah. he came to that conclusion because he didn't find anything there that said, you know, <laughs> Nicosia's ship or whatever. But he just decided that was it. And he also concluded that the ship got in there because of the spaceship. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Not how, no, no explanation how he knew that, but he just knew. Yeah. He automatically is like, oh, here's what must have happened. The ship was on the ocean. A spaceship flies over it, picks it up, and then crash lands into the mountain. It's like, word? That's how it happened? <laughs> no evidence, <laughs> but okay, sure. Fuck it. <laughs> so after they run, they escape that, that cave-in, Ted decides he needs to tell the world about this discovery, but... Before he can do that, we get one of, I don't know how many, there's at least three or four really long chase scenes set to bongos. And that, that was with running. the uh, the German, right? With, who was chasing him in the car? Yeah. Well, so it started with, I think, I think mob guys. Because I'm, yes, I'm yes, just yes, yes. basing that on their wardrobe. So he outruns the two mob guys who are shooting at him and then somehow he loses pulls, his uh, shoes. He does, some, he does some home alone shit and he manages to, you know, pull some traps where he gets away. Right. And then he loses his shoes and starts getting chased by George Kennedy, who's in a car, but somehow cannot run him down. And he's running through cactus. <laughs> yeah. Like this open desert of cactus. And, and it was probably one of the longest scenes in the movie <laughs> where he's chasing him and you see him just getting all these uh, cactus like needles in his feet. Yeah. And like, I don't understand. I, I mean, I, I guess maybe George Kennedy was just trying to like scare him or fuck with him. I'm like, or just being a sadistic bastard or something. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you can just push down on the accelerator and run him over and kill him. But he's just but trying he to did fuck it. with him. Yeah. He was kneeling down tired. And what does he do? And it was one of, one of my favorite scenes. He nudges him with the car. Yeah. Just to knock him down. Oh yeah. I was like, <laughs> Oh, he just booped him. He was like, boop with the car. I'm like, just, what? Twice. What? Yeah. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this really bad edit or cut and all of a sudden he Ted has gotten away from him and is in this like factory building and high. Not sure if it's like some kind of salt mining place or yeah. like some sugar refinery. They don't really explain. Yeah, something like that. And so George Kennedy gets killed death by salt, like a bunch of salt just gets dumped on him and he suffocates in a pile of salt. Pillar of salt, <laughs> not a pillar. Pillar's not big enough. Pile. Yeah, but if you want to keep it biblical, we'll say pillar of salt, you know? <laughs> I don't want to keep it biblical. I take it back. All right, fuck it. It's sugar. <laughs> Ever. Ted, after after he kills George Kennedy with salt, he meets back up with June, the librarian, and we get some very unwanted close-ups of Ted's feet after he's been running through the desert, through the cactus. That's gross. And he has this very long-winded and silly expository speech about what the fuck is going on followed by a phone call between ted and another it was new york outlet. yeah it's it was new the new whole thing that was another thing that that was hilarious she comes up to us like new york is calling i was like what word all of new york <laughs> i was like i just want to get to the level that like maybe like sacramento is calling me you know <laughs> like i don't a tiny city oh so i'm gonna play the audio from that Ted's attempt at an explanation of what's happening as well as that phone call, because I think that might help our listeners understand a little bit better than I'm explaining it. So let me cue that up real quick here. Those men who tried to kill you, they knew about the spaceship? Why else would they kill Kintera and Yankigdula? They're guarding a secret. But how did they know the collection came from the cave? 
They must have intercepted the diary I gave to Quintero. Well, then they know about the caravel. Yeah. They know it's inside the spaceship, that it belonged to Nicuesa, and that it's been there 500 years. Why are they so keen on keeping such earth-shaking news a secret to the point of killing people? Horseman could have answered that before he got packed away in salt. Oh, New York's calling. I love it. See? It's New York. Oh. <laughs> World television. Bob! Ted Angelo here. Listen carefully, keep your wallet ready. I got a story for you. UFOs really exist. Hi, Ted. How's the local fire water? Listen to me. Five centuries ago, an alien spaceship intercepted the boat ferry conquistadors from Panama to Hispaniola. It was Nicuesa's boat. The spaceship scooped it up and then accidentally crashed into a mountain where it remained trapped for the next 500 years. It's still there. This is no bullshit. You can see it. Skeleton at the door. Have you fallen in love with that small town whore who told you that tale? No, I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. I went inside a flying saucer. Send the team down to Cartagena and make sure they're good and well equipped. This isn't the pipe dream. It's the hottest scoop of the century. There is even someone trying to kill me to keep it under wraps. All right. You're not drunk. You haven't eaten any strange mushrooms. What's this cotton bull story going to cost me? A hundred thousand. That all? No kidding. All right. What do you want me to send? Hotel Caribe. I'll handle it from there. I love Franco Nero. <laughs> I love how the guy on the phone was like, first he's like, oh, he's full of shit. And he literally gives him no proof. And he's like, oh, okay, I believe you. He's like, yeah. <laughs> For no reason. Yeah. He's like, yeah, sure. I'll send a couple guys. No problem. <laughs> and so next scene, Ted and Paco do meet up with a cameraman and a reporter from New York, or so they think and are driving back up to the spaceship in the mountain, but they get stopped by some border guards and there's, there's a shootout. And it turns out that the two guys from New York were trying to kill Ted too. And I think that's CIA because well, they're so US, right? One real quickly. Uh, but before that happened, they were eating at a restaurant and some kids like managed to steal the bags. And you see one of the kids thinks he gets away and he opens the bag and there's a gun. And one of the, whoever they are shows up and just his posture of watching the kid. He was just like slumped. Like he looked like he did not care that the kid had it. And then he chops him in the chest. Oh. And like, <laughs> yeah. And like, you can see that this, like it, he did not connect. And obviously we, I don't condone kids getting chopped in the neck. I do. But like, <laughs> I do. Let it be known <laughs> on this podcast. I condone it. And, okay. And like he, he doesn't, <laughs> He doesn't connect, but the way the kid like flails to the ground is like, ah, like <laughs> I could not stop laughing for like two minutes. I had to stop the movie. Um, <laughs> that was also one of my favorite scenes. That was a good one. I can't believe I missed. I totally forgot about that. Normally I'm all about like highlighting the violence against children. God damn it. <laughs> but yes. And then scene with the border guards. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I'm guessing that the two guys from New York are actually CIA because they were trying to kill Ted, too. So Ted and one of the CIA guys are the only people to survive the shootout. Ted manages to hitch a ride on the back of a chicken truck. We were the, the <laughs> driver and the passenger were drunk Very, and yeah. driving like crazy, laughing the whole time. And there were, I feel like there was at least 10 cuts to the drunk driver. They would cut like from the chase scene to him. I was like, dude, the first three, we got it. They're drunk and they're crazy. Yeah. But there was like so many cuts to them. At least 10. Yeah, for sure. That was uh, that was another super long chasing that I, I, it's just padding the runtime at this point. And so the CIA guy who's still alive catches up in a car behind him. Ted manages to get away after a very long and I don't know, 10 plus cuts to the drunk people driving. And um, I love how he gets away. Yeah. Tell everyone. How the good old away. classic throwing chicken eggs <laughs> at the windshield. <laughs> and then the, the CIA guy just crashes and couldn't 
just couldn't, I guess, regain. And I believe he f- they fell off, or he fell off a cliff. Yeah. I don't remember that part. Yeah, his car went off the cliff after the eggs got uh, smashed on his windshield. Good old Looney Tune tactics. So Ted's back with the librarian, and there's some stuff happening on the TV, on the news, and talking about the Russians and something going on. And so now Ted has uh, included that the Russians are involved with this whole conspiracy to suppress finding gold or the UFO or something. I don't fucking know. All right. Anyway, (laughs) Russians are involved now too, according to Ted. So I'm just going to take his word for it because he's in the movie, not me. And so Ted ends up calling his ex-wife, Maureen, the one who fired him at the beginning of the movie to ask for um, to ask for help. Like he's basically like, Hey, I need you to help get, get me out of the country. He's being framed for murder now. So like the two guys who died at the beginning, Quintero and the antiques dealer, he's now being charged with those murders. Like he's or being framed for those rather. So he calls her up. She agrees to help him out. She says she'll find like a, a ship captain and a boat and, and get him out of there. We get some uh, sexy time with June and Ted with some pillow talk involving divorces and car crashes. So I guess whatever turns you on. And so now we are at about just over an hour into the movie. And here's where it actually starts. (laughs) Because that's accurate. (laughs) (laughs) The. So we get June and Ted are out in this like market going to the meeting place to where the boat is going to be or killing time before they hear from the wife again, where to, where the meeting spot is going to be. And this huge guy in a red shirt who looks like a cross between Chris Sarandon and George Eastman. I don't remember the actor's name, but he reminded me a lot of Billy from Predator. Uh, the Native American, you know, who cuts his chest. It was like a cross between him and like maybe a German or something. Okay, yeah. He was hair is a little bit more froey than Billy's, but yeah, I'll give that. I like okay. I'll take that too. But I love this guy because he Oh, he was awesome. Yep. <laughs> this I was like, here's where the movie the movie's fucking starting because he just goes and just starts fucking murdering anyone who gets anywhere near him, just like tossing them like nothing, like rag dolls. And yeah, and like people on the street for whatever reason, like they see him with an Uzi and he blasts a couple of people and these people who, who don't have weapons just decide I'm going to fight this guy. Yeah. And yeah, he's just tossing them left and right. Yeah. And he, yeah, he's just walking through the market with an Uzi and they're like, oh, and oh, God, so funny. All right. So it was clearly a ripoff of Terminator. Like, OK, this <laughs> is what we're going for now. Yeah. And so. Uh, Ted and June run away and they just happen to run through this area where a bunch of fireworks are being set up and the the red shirt guy chases after them um, and he's I don't even know what sets off the fireworks. They so start the, the locals that were setting it up. They're like, no, 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 no. Like, you know, telling them not to go through. And the Terminator guy just decides this is the time where I'm going to open fire. And he tries to shoot Ted and uh, the woman. And one of the shots just sets off all the fireworks. Oh, okay, That makes sense. All right. Well, I'm glad he did, because one of the fireworks ends up in his eye and melts away half of his face. And it's revealed that he's actually a cyborg. And he's got that one eye that's like hanging down to the middle of his face. Yeah. And they had to get a couple of the shots in because I'm sure it was one of the more expensive shots of him turning and the cartoon noise that came like <laughs> for the eye. <laughs> yeah. Every time the eye moved, it, it made that, oh, that noise. I was just, I cracked up every time that happened. <laughs> Another long chase scene and Ted and June end up at like a bull farm still being pursued by the alien Terminator. This is where we get, well, we know it's the Terminator now and we'll figure out why it's called alien Terminator in another couple minutes here. (laughs) And so it's still being pursued by him. And so Ted lets a bull out of its pen, out of, uh, out of its pen. And 
because the guy's wearing a red shirt, obviously the bull charges at the the Terminator. Mit, like goes right by it though, and so he then does the, a little like side turn, like and <laughs> the bull just misses him clean. Yeah, <laughs> and so the Terminator's like, "Oh fuck it, whatever. I don't have to worry that about threat's that." Threat's over. <laughs> I'm gonna turn my back to it. Obviously, exactly. <laughs> so then the bull comes charging back, and it. <laughs> It pummels in the mid. It pummels the Terminator in the midsection, which somehow magically and, and fantastically simultaneously decapitates the Terminator and separates his torso and his arms and legs and and melts more of his skin. Like he's. I, in a I, I had to watch that scene a couple of times because it was so painfully obvious that someone was underneath the camera and just threw the mannequin torso like in the air. Like it was just yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, it was terribly done, but it was, I mean, I watched that. I just hit rewind over and over again and watched that. It was hilarious. I need to make a GIF out of that. I'll post it. <laughs> Did you catch, um, so he's not, the Terminator's not quite dead yet, though, even though he's in pieces on the ground. Did you catch yeah, the last the I, words? No, no. What was it? It was, he said, like, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall or something like that. <laughs> But it was like very garbled, like robot voice. <laughs> no, I did not catch that. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> June asks, um, who could have built a machine like that? To which Ted answers. Um, not even Japan. Yeah, he's like, that. not even the Japanese. And I'm like, okay, first of all, racist. Um, second. Thanks for clearing up that the Japanese don't appear to be part of this whole very unclear conspiracy. So at least they're yeah, off the hook here. That's one of the few people that just weren't involved with the Japanese. Uh, they, they were they were clean. Yeah. So Ted and June managed to get to the boat that Maureen has arranged for them. And <laughs> here's where it officially goes off the rails, because now it's officially in into Illuminati territory. Christian, do you want to talk about what happens on the boat? So she, for whatever, I don't even think she explained why she was exiting and going into the room that she went into. But I think she says that it's her husband that's piloting the boat. And Ted sees him and bomb, bomb, it's the fucking Terminator. Like the same copy. Mm -hmm. And Ted just grabs an axe and decapitates him. Just, and then for whatever reason, thinks the threat's over, leaves the axe. Yeah. Don't know why. <laughs> and goes back downstairs for his ex-wife to come in. And this is where I want to say 60 to 70% of the budget of that movie went to was the transformation of her. And she's exposed herself as the alien. And it had a Stephen King sleepwalkers kind of cat ish look to it. But the transformation, I will give them credit. was pretty cool for the eighties. Uh, I love practical effects. Mm -hmm. um, so that transformation was cool. And if you want to take over from there, I'll let you go <laughs> and take over from there. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I agree. I think at least, yeah, 70% of the budget went to that scene, that transformation. So I wrote down, like a list of alien or creatures that that reminded me of. So put all these in a blender and this is essentially what it looks like. It's part. What's her fucking name from species? Sill part Sill part creature from the black lagoon, part orc from Lord of the Rings and part bat boy from the national Enquirer, with a lot of slime mixed in a lot of slime, a lot of slime. She's very, very slimy. And so she explains that Ted can't win no matter what, because her species have. God, what did she say? Like they've, they've been it's there really, for hundreds it's of been, years. Or something. Yeah. Like before humans or as humans were developing, there's just so many conspiracy theories you can throw in there. I mean, if you want to pick reptilian, you know, like they've been putting themselves in positions of power yeah you know so that they can you know they're really making all the choices for humanity humans don't really they think they're in control but they're not yeah 
And yeah, like forever they've been putting themselves in, in all countries in positions of power. Yeah. Yep. So it's not looking too great for Ted right now. And so Maureen slash alien slimy creature tongue strangles Ted. But June finally wakes up. Not in a good way, brief. by the way. But oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, around the neck. Sorry. And. But June finally wakes up. I think she passed out or something. She passed fright. out during tra- mid transformation. Um, so she's able to she shoots uh, Maureen and kills her. One bullet. One bullet. It was yeah. one, one bullet. <laughs> These guys have been manipulating all of humans and been in charge, but it took one bullet one in bullet. the torso. Yeah, that's it. So I thought that was going to be the end of it, but then the very last scene is Ted and June living in the jungle in this sort of tribal community he's typing away at a typewriter and she's pregnant so obviously some time has passed and he's a really slow writer if that much time has passed and she's visibly pregnant and he's trying to get that story out there so just you know speed it up ted and this was a peak 80s for me was that all the the indigenous people were working they were like, you see them making things and cutting things down and fishing. And they're perfectly fine with this white dude. Just click, 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 yeah. click, click. Yeah, don't contribute to society. No, that's fine. You keep hitting your little magic box and we'll just keep feeding you. It's all good. No worries. Yep. And the and June is just sitting there laying in a hammock. And I was like, all right, Prego, why don't you pull your weight here a little bit? Because you're about to add another mouth to feed to this whole community. So you may need to get up and do something here. So... <laughs> Um, and then the last closing shot is that one of the people in the village is at this table with a sculpture of the spaceship. And I don't know what it's made out of, but it's looks like some kind of like mud clay or something. something like that. Yeah. And then that's that's the end of the movie. Yeah. First, they give you the top view where it's like you can kind of tell it's a UFO, mm-hmm. but then it pans to the to the side and it's like classic UFO. Yeah. Top line. Woo. <laughs> you know, and, and I was trying to figure out the logic behind the name of the movie. Like, why top line? I have no clue. I, <laughs> I even like I even read some reviews on on Letterboxd, like when I was trying to find some for this. And a couple of them were like, why the fuck is this called top line? Like, it doesn't make <laughs> like any alien sense. predator or alien terminator. I'm sorry. I get. Right. But. They're like, oh, well, we don't want to give away the big twist at the end by yeah. the title of the movie. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to try to do the work of the movie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so on Letterboxd, though, this has 137 views as of this recording, um, which is one of the lowest ones I've had for this podcast so far. Oh, it's about to go up because I'm going to recommend the shit out of this movie. <laughs> And then it has an overall rating of a 2.6 out of 5. That's wrong. That is wrong. That's a, that's a 5 right there. Oh Solid God. 5. <laughs> All right. So, um, Christian, you have a couple of um, letterbox reviews to read from some users on there. Okay. So, Ed, forgive me. Ed, if you're listening, if I butcher your last name, Kupfer. Um, 2 rating. Cheapo Italian ripoff of Raiders with a loopy ending. Like most of these kinds of movies, you'll have to wait a long time before the trashy thrills, which may or may not pay off, depending on your temperament. Yeah, it's fairly accurate. <laughs> and this is Mike Lisaboa, uh, one. Romancing the Stone times Goonies times Terminator times hot fucking garbage. A mostly charmless knockoff of several movies that really makes the least of Academy Award winner, George Kennedy. I, I don't know about the whole George, like making the least of George Kennedy. Like, I don't feel like that person's familiar with George Kennedy's entire body of work. So just because someone has an Academy Award doesn't mean that they're automatically going to be, you know, used to. Um, well, I mean, I don't like. Yeah, there is no amount of actors that could have saved that film. No amount of great actors. It was just a shit show waiting to happen. Yeah. So I've got one from Adam Loves Bad Movies. He gave it two stars, and this review is all one sentence, so uh, bear with me. 
The description of this boring sack of shit said it was about a spacecraft that was discovered, but they only showed a fucking, wait, showed a fucked looking ghost ship, goony fucking ripoff piece of shit, and there's really no fucking aliens, so it's all kinds of fucking boring. And then it switched to all caps. Until that fucking ending, holy fuck God, I was not prepared for goddamn alien Terminator biomorphic Illuminati. Fuck. <laughs> I sort of agree with that. I no, I, I I agree, but you know, I every now and then enjoy a trash movie as long as I know I'm watching a trash movie sure. and I take it for what it is. But I grew up watching canon films, and mm-hmm. I, before we started recording, I mentioned I honestly thought this was a canon film, but I couldn't find anything on it. But if you take it as a canon film and you know you're going to watch something ridiculous, maybe smoke a doobie or something, you know, and just just doobie. watch it and enjoy it for what it is. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't heard anyone call it a doobie in a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm with you. It's definitely one of those where you like, you know, I, you know, it's an Italian film. You know what you're getting into. And or if you're watching a canon film, you know what you're getting into. And so that being said, though, there's definitely some ones out there that are not worth your time. Christian, was this worth your time? Where do you stand on your recommendations? Was it uh, love it, recommend it, leave it, remake it, or kill it with fire? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I enjoyed it because we got to discuss it and make fun of it. Okay. So a very eh, loved it, like a man loved it. Oh, that's a, that's but a bold it, statement. It's it's more because I want people to watch it and make fun of it like The Room. You know, <laughs> like it's a okay. shit movie, but you laugh at it not for what the filmmaker intended. Yeah. But you get to definitely laugh at it. Like, come on, The the Bull? Like, yeah. Mwah, classic. Yeah. All right. So mine, mine is kind of split. So I've got I've got two different recommendations for this. The first, if I were talking to somebody about this movie, I would say, go listen to my podcast about it, but <laughs> but pause it when you get to the point where I say that we're just over an hour into the movie and then watch the rest of the movie on your, and then go to the movie and put it at that, that timestamp, put it when there's like 20 minutes left in the film and then just watch that. I would so For I'm sure. I'm recommending the I'm recommending this podcast and the last 20 minutes of this movie. And then you I can second. come back and listen to the rest of the podcast after you watch the last 20 minutes of the movie. I second that. All right. <laughs> That's a good recommendation. My my other recommendation, I mean overall it's probably I would definitely recommend the last 20 minutes. It's it's one of those things where I'm almost a leave it where it's just I mean, I'm I'm not going to watch this again. I'll probably if I watch anything again, it's just going to be that one scene to make a make a gif out of it. But this feels like. Like if Alex Jones were to write a screenplay, (laughs) this would be that movie where it's just all conspiracy filled and nonsensical and frogs turning gay. And, you know, if this movie was done today and you said Alex Jones just ranted about it on his show, I'd be like, I believe it. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we could honestly type up uh, like the plot. Well, as best we could Um, email it to him with the subject line of like, worldwide conspiracy exclamation points and then he would end up like reading it on his show like it was a fact i think the only thing you would have to in would be some pedophiles he loves that shit you um, little okay. little uh you know pizza gate something in there sure and then just to sell it to him right well i gotta throw like hillary clinton and some emails and stuff for sure oh she but, would yeah. be the one at the end transforming yeah. for sure yeah so yeah she would be the okay so yeah it's not maureen but it's hillary clinton turning in okay yeah alex jones is totally buying this yes right. he's he's plugged in right now just <laughs> typing away <laughs> all right so uh christian loves it sort of uh and i'm recommending the last 20 minutes and also that i'm gonna write an email to alex jones with this and see if he reads it on his next show yeah um i would always i would almost say cc me on it but i don't know if i want him reaching out to me i'll be cc <laughs> so, you okay sounds good all right 
So that's it for Top Line, and that means it's time to pick the next movie. So, customers also watch list for Top Line. Oh boy. I've got Time Collectors, Return of the Giants. Oh god, 20, 2012, no. Treasure Hunters, looks like a Tomb Raider ripoff, 2018, no. Army of the Dead, that looks like an Army of Darkness ripoff, absolutely not. Tomb, Inv- Tomb Invader, another Tomb Raider ripoff. God damn. Uh, no Gold for a Dead Diver, 1975, a group oh, of... That- inv- a group of adventurers embark on the mission of a lifetime and head for the Caribbean to hunt for a sunken treasure and face all the challenges you might expect. Sharks, spear guns, and pirates. The superb, cine- the superb cinematography by veteran DP Frank Ladarely is brilliant and makes this exciting movie even more superb. Who wrote this? <laughs> Probably the guy who made it. It's trying too hard. I'll think about it, though. It's 1975. <laughs> All right, Hell Hunters, 1985. Uh, deep in the jungle, Nazis, more Nazis. Nazi zealot Dr. Hoffman has been hiding for 40 years, searching for a powerful weapon of science that will restore his dream of Nazi domination. Using the venom of a deadly jungle spider, he believes he's discovered such a weapon and, with his cohort, forms a plan to test his evil new serum on the population of L.A. Meanwhile, a band of Nazi hunters is closing in on them possibility can i ask you a question yes because you said you you are german correct uh yes do you ever like you're watching and maybe you don't say it out loud and you're just watching a movie where the nazis the bad guys like isn't enough enough like <laughs> haven't they you know you've been used as villains enough already that's <laughs> uh, uh, at this point it's you know it, it doesn't uh i i don't have any strong ties to my <laughs> background so and i think it's an overused trope um like it's just like oh nazis are the villains again but i think that's the only thing about it is like that it's so overused that it's become cliche at this point but they will never not be you know it's just so easy to use them as like the bad guys i guess fuck nazis they can always be the bad guy what else do i got okay i've got uh Jesus Christ, how do you pronounce this? Oh, that's Ray Wise. I love him. A Cyzork 7. I know it's 2006, though. Uh, Ray Wise and Sonia Smith star as washed-up action hero Commander 88 and struggling filmmaker Angela LaSalle in this dark and twisted comedy... Yeah, fuck. Yeah, comedy science fiction. Hard pass. This is not looking good. Encounters of the Deep... An oceanographer diving in the Bermuda Triangle discovers an undersea world. One sentence description. Woo. Let's see. Treasure Raiders looks like a national treasure ripoff. Star Force. Ugh. 2006. So you always go for obscure movies that no one has seen? Not that no one has seen, um, but I mean, that's what this list is, essentially. (laughs) Oh, shit. I didn't cover my rules for picking. God damn it. Okay. So rules for picking. Uh, it has to be from the customer's also watch list of this film. It has to be available to watch for free on Prime. Um, I can only pick the movie based on the information on Prime. So the thumbnail image, the short description, who's in it, etc. No looking outside at other information. Um, and it has to be a movie I have not seen before. So yeah, I, I mean, the main criteria is it has to be a movie that I haven't seen before because really like the whole uh, sort of inspiration for doing this was trying to recapture that part of my youth when I would go to the video store and you could only pick the movie just based on like picking it up and looking at the picture and reading the back. Like we didn't have, we didn't have the internet, you know? So we were just like, okay, well this looks cool. Like I'll watch this. And so I'm trying to do something like that because we can't do that anymore. Nice. I like that. So yeah, like that's, uh, but you know, it's bitten me in the ass a few times, but I have found a few good ones that I've liked so far. So, 
All right. Uh, so a few I more. I feel like the more. ones that bite you in the ass make a, for a better podcast. I mean, sometimes, but then sometimes I just get really fucking angry at movies. Like I just. <laughs> yeah, but then you get to trash it on here. So that, that's awesome. I guess. But there's certain movies that just no one should ever watch. And I'm mad that I had to. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, See, but you're doing a service. You're watching it so that others don't have to suffer. I know. You're welcome, listeners of this podcast. What else do we have? Okay, Prisoners of the Sun. That looks like a mummy ripoff. Jesus Christ. This is like asylum films. All the fucking... All right. Battle for the Lost Planet. 1986. Uh, Earth is almost destroyed by aliens until a young hero scientist returns to rescue it, destroying the aliens with a quote-unquote death ray weapon. Nice death ray in quotation marks. <laughs> maybe, maybe they don't really die. So that one seems to be the only sci-fi one on here. Um, who directed this? Brett Piper. I don't know who that is. Oh, Matt Mittler's in this. Why do I know that name? Oh, god damn it! Fuck. And this is the problem. Like, what? This is the problem with me not being able to look up anything outside of Amazon. Because this is going to so, drive me nuts. So uh, I have to I have to abide by your rules. Yes. No cheating. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you can't tell me who Matt Mittler is. OK, now I was just going to look at it. But hey, uh, oh, your podcast, ooh, your rules. Ooh, I got it. I got it. It's Matt Mittler mutilator. I got it. I remembered he was in the, he was in the mutilator. So uh, I know who that is. And now that I can get a closer look at the poster, I can kind of see who it probably is on there. OK, so. Okay, that's a possibility because my guest for the next podcast, I know, probably likes The Mutilator. So that might be, might soften the blow if that movie sucks if I pick that one. So what else do we have? All right, Beyond Atlantis, 2019. That doesn't look like 2019, though. Okay, so right now I'm going in between Battle Beyond the Stars and, fuck, what was it? Hellhunters. I did think about no gold for a dead diver. Um, no, I'm going to go between Hell Hunters and Battle for the Lost Planet. Uh, all right, I may end up regretting this, but I'm going to go with Battle for the Lost Planet only because it's got Matt Mittler in it. Nice. That's it. <laughs> it's done. It's chosen. Battle for the Lost Planet, 1986, for the next episode. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes, you can follow this podcast on Twitter at CAW Podcast, Facebook or Instagram under Customers Also Watched, or Letterboxd under the name Also Watched. And I never say it, but I do have an email. It's customersalsowatched at gmail.com. But I mean, I don't know. Do you guys ever get any emails, Christian? We do if people want to get on guests. We have it on our site. Oh, um, okay. I mean, so we've we've had some writers uh, come on there, okay. um, so it's it's useful. Okay, you know? I'm I'm not there yet. I'm only like I only started in January. So, Christian, you want to let everyone know where they can find you guys on all the things? All the things is at Nerds with Friend. No friends because someone took that. Jerks. Um, oh, I thought we... it was because you guys were trying to make a joke. Like you only have one friend. Nope, nope. <laughs> that would have been clever, wouldn't it? <laughs> You can steal no, my I, idea. It's okay. <laughs> someone, um, someone took it. But yes, at nerds with friend, uh, tweet at us. Uh, Instagram, same. Um, nerds of friends on Facebook. Uh, com. You can email us on there. It's on there. Most of our episodes, all, all of our episodes are up there. So yeah, tweet at me. Love hearing from people. Well, thanks so much, Christian. I mean, this. I, I did have fun with this movie, but obviously it's always more fun talking about it with someone. So, oh, yeah. No, the only reason why I enjoyed it again was because we get to, you know, make fun of it. Right. So uh, if I watched this and I had absolutely no one else to talk to about it, yes, then it would suck. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But see, I had someone to suffer with me. So then yes. it was okay. All right. Well, Thanks again for joining me and just a heads up for our listeners in the next couple of weeks, uh, we're going to have battle for the lost planet. And my guest is going to be Jonathan from the late night psychorama podcast. And there is also going to be a bonus episode coming up with guests, Lance Scheibe and Austin green. 
Um, and we're going to be discussing all the movies that we watched for F This Movie's June Sploitation Challenge. I know that's a little late coming, but I was on vacation, but um, we're going to talk about all those movies. So be on the lookout for that. Um, be sure to check out Christian's podcast and give them a follow and all those good things. And other than that, thanks for listening, y'all. Bye. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening to a new episode of Customers Also Watched. If you're not listening to this on PodCoin yet, be sure to download the app on iPhone or Android using the code CAW and get paid just to listen. You can cash in that PodCoin for a gift card or donate it to charity. I'm using it and I'm saving my gift cards for the next Prime Day and so can you, so be sure to check it out. Again, that code is CAW and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up.